Well, good morning. You well? Good. Good. The lurgy hit our house again a couple of weeks ago, but I think we're recovering. So um, the last couple of weeks, I've sounded like I'm talking for a funnel, um, but I think it sounds better now. So um, hopefully we'll make it. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Steve. Uh, I'm married to Tammy, and we help lead this growing family that we call Central Vineyard. Tammy isn't with me this morning. She hasn't left me. She's in Northampton. Um, and she's going to be here next week preaching. So we thought we'd alternate this week. So um, she sends her love and she'll send you, see you next week. Um, but yeah, it's great to see you. It's great to be here. I always love coming across uh, on a Sunday morning. Um, this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. So twice, twice a year in our church calendar, if you like, we do uh, we take we take some time aside in the autumn and at the beginning of the spring to just um, reflect on what's been going on in the life of the church, uh, to kind of do a bit of a state of the union address, and um, to kind of look look to the future. We often refer to it as Vision Sunday. Um, some people uh, in Northampton refer to it as Pie Chart Sunday. Um, but um, I'm promising you, if you're not into that kind of thing, there's not much of it, okay? Um, so you can just switch off uh, for a little bit of that. If you are our guest this morning, welcome. I just want you to know that um, do come back because we don't, we don't like spend every week talking about ourselves. Uh, we're not that self-obsessed. Uh, but this week, if you could give us a little bit of a dispensation just to kind of bear with us as we take this time and set it aside to just think about some of the things that are going on in the life of our church. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Isaiah 54. You know, the reality is, is that we are in a significant season in the life of our church family. As we enter 2020, um, there may not be hoverboards and all the futuristic things that we dreamed of. Um, but the significant thing as we enter 2020 is that we are essentially, we're one church that gathers for five different Sunday gatherings in four different locations. That over the last few years, God has, has, has done some amazing things. Um, none of you were around, or at least none of, none of us knew each other back in 2017. Uh, in, t- in 2017, uh, for us as a church based in, in, in Northampton, uh, we were increasingly in this position where we were fighting for space on a Sunday morning. Um, Jesus kept inviting people to church, and we didn't have enough room for them. And we were continually uh, fighting for space. And we found ourselves really with one of two options. Uh, the one option that I suggested was that we put a sign on the door that says, no more room go and find another church. Uh, that, that was one option. Um, but the other option, we thought actually the more appropriate one is to do something about that, to do something about the fact that we're running out of space. And, and, and so the, the invitation at that time, if you like, was it was as if Jesus was saying to us, you know, you're all sitting around the table and you've all got a place around the table. What, what would it look like for you to shuffle up the bench and make room for others? What, what would be the sacrifice? What would be something you could do as a church family uh, that would, would, would mean other people 
had somewhere to sit. And, and so back in 2017, September 2017, we took a step. And one of the ways that we responded to Jesus in that moment was to multiply our Sunday services. And so we used to have just one service at 10, 10, uh, 10.30, like you do here. But we decided to multiply our services. And so we, we have a service at um, 9.30 and 11.15, identical. Uh, it's just two back-to-back services uh, in the, in the, and the, uh, the whole premise of that was to just make room for others. And uh, to our utter surprise, uh, it worked. In fact, it worked so well that 10 months later, we had the same problem again. You know, as we multiplied our services, as we had, as we made space for people and shuffled up the bench, people came. And, and so we just began to question, well, what do we do now? Do we have a third service? Do we... Um, you know, do we have like a 7.30 a.m. service for the super spiritual? Um, that, that might be an option. Um, but instead, as the more and more we prayed and thought into that, we actually felt there was an invitation from the Lord for us to start a third service, but in a different location. And so um, in 20, September 2018, we sent 40 of our regular attenders across to Wellingborough. Uh, and launched um, our, our second our second location uh, in the church. And um, the reality is, is that when you make room, Jesus likes to fill spaces. And so, not only did that um, that new location grow and thrive, and is doing great right now, but also the empty seats they left behind got filled again. Um, and, and so we're on this, it seems like the last couple of years for us as a church, we've been on this perpetual journey of multiplication. It doesn't, and there, we've also got a couple called David and Elaine Roberts, who um, uh, three years ago, they moved uh, to Kettering, or if you're more Northamptonian, Kettering. Um, they, they moved to Kettering, and uh, they knew nobody. They started a small group in their home, uh, and right now they have about 35 people who would say they were part of our expression of church uh, in, in Kettering. And then, of course, last but by no means least, we had the pleasure of welcoming you guys into our family uh, last September, uh, that, that Ron's Community Church became part of Central Vineyard, and you took on that new name, uh, Central Vineyard, here in, in Ron's. And so what does all that mean? Well, I think it means, it means one thing, that Jesus, I believe, is doing what he said he would do. Jesus said, I will build my church. Yeah, Jesus is the one who builds his church. Jesus is the one who's in the business of growing his church. So often we think it's our job to grow the church. I've tried and it doesn't work. Um, But Jesus seems to be in the business of growing his church. And so right now across those various different locations, uh, we can see up to like 380, 400 people gathering uh, across our various church locations. On top of that, we think that there's about 600 adults and children who call this family their church home. And so God's, God's at work. We believe he's doing something significant. We believe he's preparing us for something that he wants to do uh, in this time. 
And so as we, as we went on that journey three years ago, this passage of scripture in Isaiah 54 was really a key passage of scripture for us, and you, I think you'll see why. Isaiah 54, it says this, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, for, who, uh, for you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. The truth is, over the last three years, uh, we've, we've taken, as a church, some intentional steps uh, to live out what this passage of Scripture tells us to do. In many ways, we've, uh, we've, we've given birth, we've multiplied, and as a church, we've intentionally tried to enlarge our tent, as it were. Uh, we've intentionally stretched the tent curtains as wide as we can go. We haven't held back in any way. And I think this, it's true to say that in the midst of that, it feels like the Lord has honoured what we're doing, that, that something significant is, is taking place. But as I'm reminded of this passage, which was so key when we began this journey a few years ago, I think, I think for this next season, the emphasis changes a little bit. Don't get me wrong, we still want to keep multiplying. We still want to be responsive to what we feel the Lord is saying and doing and calling us to. If he's calling us to stretch ourselves in a certain way, we, we want to be obedient to that and we want to keep doing those things. But we also feel that in this season, that the Lord is inviting us to strengthen what we have. To strengthen what we have. It says this in verse 2, Enlarge the place of your tent, Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Yeah, we want to do all those things, don't we? We want to keep doing those things. But then it says, strengthen your stakes. I believe in this next season, we're to do just that. We're to strengthen, to strengthen our stakes and bring some sense of stability to what we have in order to build a healthy future together you know the reality is is our work isn't over is there you know last time I looked there's still probably I don't know a few thousand people in Rawns that don't know Jesus did you know that um, and so our work isn't over is it there's there's multitudes of people to be reached and that's why we we feel like in this next season let's strengthen what we have Let's, let's make some key investments. Let's strengthen and stabilize what we believe the Lord is doing. And the reality is, is that in this season, in this time, the Lord's inviting us to do that together, isn't he? That we're one church that's meeting in these different locations across our county. And we really believe there's some significance in that, that the Lord is doing something in our midst. He's, he's preparing us. 
you know, I, I get to... Um, I get to kind of be involved in the Vineyard family on a national level. And, you know, one of, the th- one of the things that we're seeing is a number of churches, just like yourselves, coming to us as a, as a Vineyard movement and saying, we'd love to be part of what God's doing with you. And so there are a number of, I, I, I probably had maybe five, six conversations like that in the last six months of churches that are saying, we'd love to be part of the Vineyard family. We'd love to be part of what God's doing uh, in the vineyard family, and that just feels significant. It just feels like the Lord's preparing us for something, that, uh, that there's something ahead. And so our work isn't over, uh, and we're called to do this together. But it's also important, isn't it, to look back. It's also important to just reflect on some of the things that the Lord has been doing, particularly in the last 12 months. Um, I've just got a few highlights for you. Um, in the last 12 months, I'm going, to throw, I'm going to throw some numbers at you, but in the last 12 months, we have welcomed 125 new people into our church family. Across all the different locations, 125 new people into our church family. Some of those have connected with us uh, through like our newcomers events that we put on. Some have connected through different events that go on throughout the year. We've seen people come to faith through some of our outreach projects and stuff like that. Um, One person, I heard a story recently, one person who um, came to an event that we were putting on in Northampton and um, they'd recently moved to the area. Uh, They didn't profess to have any faith. They just thought, I've moved to this area. I don't know anybody. I need to make some friends. Maybe church would be a good place to start looking. And, uh, and so he looked us up, uh, came to that event, you know, got plugged into the church. But he also, in the process, met Jesus, uh, which is, he, didn't, he wasn't counting on that. But he, he encountered Jesus and he, he came to faith. We had the pleasure of baptizing him uh, a, a, few, a few months ago. One of the newest kind of outreach projects that we've been doing as a church is something called Grow Baby, uh, which launched uh, back in May. Um, since May, we have helped, as a church, around 250 families by providing children's clothes and essential items. And on one level, that's fantastic, isn't it, that we've been able to serve 250 families. But on, the, on another level, that's really sad. It's really sad that the, there could have been 250 babies born into a family that couldn't afford to provide just some of the basic essentials, some of the basic things that when you have a baby, this is what you need. And we've had the privilege and honor of walking alongside these families and uh, giving them a sense of dignity and hope in the midst of that. At Christmas time, um, and some of you may have been able to contribute to this, we we had the joy of giving like over 170 Christmas presents to some of those families that we've interacted with. Um, and and, and the, the great thing we got to do is the parents got to choose the present, they got to wrap it up and then give that present to their child as if it was from them. There was this sense of dignity that we was able to give uh, the, these families. And, and, and so whilst it's sad that we have to provide a service like that, uh, we want to keep doing that. As long as there's need to be met, we want to continue to support people in that way. One of the big highlights of this last year has been Alpha. 
Uh, some of you may not know what Alpha is, but Alpha is a just a basic introduction uh, to the Christian faith. We saw over 20 lives impacted on Alpha just in the autumn term alone. Uh, one of the Alpha courses we did uh, was a daytime Alpha with some of the mums that we'd connected with through Grow Baby and our Parent and Tots group. Many of them surrendered their lives to Jesus. They encountered the Holy Spirit. Many of them are attending uh, Sunday services or plugged into different groups uh, in the life of the church. I heard one story of two of the ladies who had been coming uh, to Alpha over Christmas. They were a little bit disappointed that we all disappeared at Christmas to drink our whiskey and uh, kick back. Well, that's what I did. I don't know if anybody else did that, but uh, that's what I did. But um, they were a little bit disappointed by that. So what they decided to do was um, FaceTime one another so they could read their Bibles and pray. How does that make you feel? <laughs> um, you know, but that's exciting, isn't it? That these people are having their lives so impacted, they're so uh, captivated by the person of Jesus that they need to FaceTime one another to pray and, and, and read through the scriptures together. So we're just really, really thrilled with what's happening with Alpha. We've got another, currently another 20 people on Alpha as we speak um, We've got another daytime Alpha course. We've got Alpha going on in Wellingborough at the moment. And so, yeah, do be praying for some of those folks who are on Alpha right now. Another opportunity we've had in the last 12 months is to work in schools. Uh, here in Rawns, we've had the pleasure of teaching whole year groups about Jesus, that many of those kids don't, don't know what the gospel is, do they? They don't know the message that Jesus brings, and just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity, um, you know, with an open door uh, from the school to be there, to be present, to, 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 to share what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's just a wonderful opportunity. I think we can take that for granted sometimes, you know, that, that as a church, we get to speak to whole year groups about Jesus. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And um, Kate, one of our kids' pastors, um, also has the opportunity to go into a local primary school. And, um, you know, one of the things that we do with our kids here is we, we work through a curriculum called God's Big Story. And uh, we try and just help our kids to see the whole narrative of the Bible and, and kind of apply it to their everyday lives. Well, Kate gets to do that in school. Uh, she gets to do that in the school. And this school have got God, God's big story signs all around the assembly hall. Uh, I, I was chatting to Kate last week, and they want to paint a God's big story mural uh, in the school. And um, Tammy and I were, we, this particular school, Tammy and I were showing our youngest round because she wanted to change schools. And, and as we were going around the school, Kate happened to be taking a lesson, and the head said, well, in that room is where our RE specialist is. Um, so we're, we're going to change Kate's job title uh, to RE specialist. Um, but just wonderful opportunities, wonderful opportunities to share the gospel. You know, most people come to faith between the age of 4 and 14. Um, and, and so we, sh we shouldn't take for granted those opportunities uh, that we have. Prayer has also played a major part uh, in the life of our church in the last 12 months. Uh, one of the things that we do once a month is we gather uh, for something we call the upper room, which is just two hours of, um, 
a two-hour space where we can just worship and pray and seek God, that we, that we believe he wants to make all things new in our midst and, and actually invites us to call out to him uh, to see that happen. These have been some special times, some significant things have, have been prayed. Someone referred to it as the boiler room of our church. Um, it's that place where we, we get to come together. We also had the opportunity last year to host something called Bow Down, where in five different Northamptonshire towns, we, we gathered Christians across the community to come into their marketplaces and kneel down and pray. Uh, we saw about five, 600 people from Corby right down to Northampton and Kettering, Wellingborough, Rawns. Um, just, just a wonderful opportunity uh, to gather Christians in unity and pray. But something significant happens, doesn't it? When the church is willing to kneel down, humble itself in a very public way and pray and call out to God. And so uh, we, we loved hosting that. Uh, another exciting area that we've been working on this year is just around training and equipping. You know, um, Ephesians tells us, doesn't it, that he calls people to ministry to cause some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints and we want to take seriously that call to equip uh, this year we've launched um, some new equip training tracks uh, to date 51 new people have been through our discovering central vineyard uh, training track uh, and another 31 have completed what we call discovering discipleship. Uh, then in the summer, some of you, many of you got to be part of this, I think, where we did something called Equip Nano, where we just did some one-off training events, just really practical training events. How do I hear God's voice? Um, how do I pray for the sick? How do I read the scriptures? And uh, um, so we had some different training opportunities. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we really, really want to keep investing in training and equipping and releasing and equipping the saints. Um, the last thing, or at least the last thing that I can fit in this morning, is uh, something called huddles. Huddles are small groups of the same-sex same groups of threes and fours that come together uh, in simple ways to kind of share life together, to practice spiritual disciplines and to pray for one another. Uh, we relaunched those uh, in, in the summer and we currently have around 60 adults across our various church sites um, who are engaged in very intentional disciple-making communities uh, that we call huddles. Uh, we've also had a number of churches from across the UK and the US contact us and say, We'd love to do that in our context. Could you share that with us? And so we've, we've had the privilege of just coming alongside some other churches who are looking to do something similar. You know, I could spend the whole morning just telling you anecdotal little stories like that, things that are going on in the life of the church. Every Tuesday we meet as a staff team and, and the rule is, is you can only tell a story that's a week old. Um, and so that keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? Um, um, but we, we want to keep telling the stories. We want to keep uh, these stories at the forefront of, of what we believe God's doing. And so we could, we could spend the whole morning doing that, and that would be a good thing. Um, but the reality is, is that we've achieved so much, and we've seen so much happen, so much take place, because 
so many people have been willing to sacrifice their time, their energy, and their resources. So many people have been willing to do that repeatedly. Um, and so I want to do a couple of things. I, I just want to highlight, if you like, where we are right now um, financially. This is where the pie charts come out in a sec, okay? Um, I think it's important for us to look at the facts. Um, so this year, our two churches uh, have come together. And, and so for you guys here in Rawns, your, your financial year um, actually, tracks, actually tracks with the calendar year. So uh, 20, for 20, 2019. And uh, so in September, when we merged our churches together, we actually kept the Rawns community church charity running up until uh, January, January this year, when we then merged uh, as, as one charity. So I, wanted to, I just want to give you some figures as it relates to you guys here in Rawns, okay? I'll give you some bigger figures in a moment, but just some figures as it relates to you. These aren't in detail. Um, I was chatting to Dick earlier, and I think in the coming weeks, we'll try and get some more detailed uh, accounts out to you so you can see them. Um, but these are just some broad brushstrokes, a snapshot. So the, for the financial year end 2019, the, the income for Rawns Community Church was just shy of 69,000. Income was mostly generated from regular giving and the wonderful thing that is gift aid. Um, this figure of um, 69,000 doesn't reflect um, at least one gift aid claim um, that's still yet to come in. So it'll probably be a little bit more uh, by the time you, you see the accounts. And then expenditure... Um, which for the sake of time, I haven't broken down today, but expenditure uh, was uh, just, just under uh, £76,000. Uh, there's also, um, and I, I guess expenditure you know goes towards hiring this place, goes towards all the various ministries that you do, it pays salaries, all of those sorts of things. Um, there's also a sum of £30,000 invested in something called Green Pastures. Uh, Green Pastures, if you don't know, is a charity uh, that provide housing for the homeless. And um, they do that in two ways. First of all, there's an investment uh, from churches. So churches make an investment. For every £15,000 invested, a homeless person is housed. And so that £30,000 investment currently at least helps uh, two homeless people. Uh, and then what happens is, is, so at that one end they have an investor, at the other end they have partners who, um, who manage and lease back the properties. And, and what happens is, is there's a little bit of uh, income generated in the middle. Um, and so that £30,000 that's been invested actually earns about 4% each year. Um, um, that, that comes back to us. And so the plan is to keep that investment there until, until the time is right or we feel there's time to draw down on that investment uh, for the sake of what the Lord might be doing locally amongst us. But for, for the time being, that's, that's where that 30,000 is. And so with our two churches uh, merging together, uh, the thing that we have done is combined our assets 
And so that gives us at the bank, we think roughly about 78 and a half thousand pounds um, in the bank. So 78 and a half thousand pounds in the bank plus 30,000 invested in green pastures. What's important to note in that is um, the Charities Commission who govern charities across the UK, one of the things that they encourage us as a charity to do is to have a rigorous reserves policy. Uh, and, and generally, our reserves is to run at three months' core costs. So if you imagine something went horribly wrong, we would have, we would have some core costs to cover things for at least three months. And so actually a big chunk of that money that we have at the bank is, is actually covering some of, some, of our, some of our reserves. And so that's the reality uh, of that. It's nice to think that's in the bank, but actually it's there, it's there for a purpose. So just to give you a snapshot of the bigger picture, over the last three years, not including the income that Rawns Community Church has generated, um, but just Central Vineyard alone, over the last three years, we have seen £710,000 uh, given uh, through regular giving uh, in the life of the church. It's quite a crazy sum of money, isn't it? It's when you think about it, it's a, a significant sum of money. If you added the last three years of Rawns Community Church to that, that would be nearly um, a million pounds. Uh, um, and, and so the Lord, the Lord is, is into providing. He's, he's into to giving us what, what we need. I think we've got a slide to just roughly break down how we structure um, our income. So most income comes from regular giving. Um, 4% is just Sunday offerings, you know, where the bowl goes around and we get your tips from, from you. Uh, God gets your tips. Um, gift aid, uh, which is a wonderful thing. God bless gift aid. And then restricted giving is when we've had designated funds in the past that are restricted uh, in different ways. So we've, we've had that come in in the last three years. Equally, over the last three years, we've spent £655,000, which is equally a crazy sum of money. Um, do you know what that says? It says that the church isn't cheap. Um, you know, some woman says that church is free, but it's not cheap. And, it, and it's true. Uh, the reality is, is that ministry costs money, doesn't it? It costs money to do what we do. And uh, I think we do it with, uh, we don't go extravagant, we don't go over the top, and we try and be wise and good stewards with what God's given us. But that's just the reality of being a growing church family. And so, so much has been achieved because so much has been given. Yeah, so much has, has been achieved um, and we're thankful. We're thankful to God, aren't we? We're thankful that he is the one who provides, that we believe the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So whatever's in our bank account is only there because he's given it to us, that he's, 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 he's made his provision to us. And equally, we want to be thankful to all of you who have given sacrificially, who have, who have chosen to give, a, give on a regular basis. So here's a, some other interesting statistics. In January 2017, Central Vineyard was just 252 adults and children. 
And back then, out of those 252, 72 people could be classed as regular givers. That's 72 individual giving units uh, in the life of the church. Right now, there are around 570 adults and children. In fact, those figures are uh, out of date because we did this in November. It's more like uh, 598 adults and children, nearly 600 people who call Central Vineyard home. But the number of giving units has only risen to 158. The reality is, is our numerical growth has far outgrown our financial growth. Those two things aren't tracking. They're, they're, They're just not there. In our two most established locations, okay, which is Northampton and here in Rawns, currently in Northampton, 55% of the people who turn up regularly in Northampton could be classed as regular givers. In Rawns, it's slightly less, about 45% could be classed as regular givers. And so the other two church locations, Ketrining and Wellingborough, they're both less than two years old and they're both subsidized by the, the giving that comes through the wider church. Each year, we set a budget um, where, we, where we think and pray through what we feel the Lord is calling us to do, um, and we set an aspirational budget. Um, our financial year begins in April 2020, and um, we think that financial year is going to cost us, as a church collectively, about £360,000. And so aspirationally, Uh, That's what we think it's going to cost. It might cost more, um, depending on what the Lord wants to do. Um, But right now, based on what we think uh, is emerging amongst us, what's going on in terms of growth and development, we think we're going to need to set aside 360000 to get through this next year. If our giving trend continues, you know, I showed you that graph there. If our giving trend continues... It means next year's budget is going to be about £50,000 short. And so I just wanted wanted to firstly just say that's the reality. You know, that's the reality of where we're at. That's kind of the dynamics, isn't it, of just being in this growing environment. That sometimes things grow in one place and it takes a while for other things to catch up. You know, that, that is a reality that we live in. So I just want you to hold that in your mind, okay? Um, And I think it's important for us to look back as we've done, and it's important for us to say, this is where things are at. But it's also good to look forward, uh, to look forward to the future. As we we look to strengthen our stakes, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to strengthen what we have. What is it we're going to do? And um, the one thing that we want to do is we want to continue to emphasize Uh, our six core emphases, the things that we say are important to us. And so the first thing we want to continue to do looking forward is is to invest in prayer that fuels mission. The most fundamental way that we can cooperate with God is to get on our knees and pray. That That we want to be a church that seeks prayer. That we want to invite him 
into every aspect of our lives. And we want to create environments where we are praying as much as we possibly can. You know, we don't want prayer, do we, to just be this good, you know, this thing that we do that seals our good idea. You know, we come up with a good idea and then we just say, thank you, Lord, amen. That isn't how it works. We actually want the things that God has called us to do to be, to be birthed out of that place of prayer, that place where we're on our knees seeking after him. Oh, Lord, what is it you want to do? What do you want to do in our midst? And so we want to create as many environments as we can to pray. I'd love for you to come to the upper rooms. There's a few of you here I know have been coming regularly, but we'd love you to come. You know, we have, we have about 40 people come to the upper room any given uh, month, and it's great and it's wonderful. But, you know, as, as someone once said, you know, the, the, um, the significance of, the ch- of a church isn't based on how many bums you've got on seats on a Sunday morning. The significance of the church is, is how many are in the prayer meeting, how many are on their knees praying. You know, and if we could achieve all that we, we've achieved with 40 people in a room praying, how much more could we achieve if 100 were in a room praying? 150, 200. What would it look like for us to be gathering people to pray in, in different ways? We're also going to be doing uh, a couple of 24-7 prayer events this year where we're going to invite you to take an hour slot and pray your best prayers for an hour. Uh, where we just, for a, as, a, as a whole church family, just spend a whole week uh, praying. Uh, we're going to be hosting Bow Down again. We're going to be inviting other churches to come and pray on Pentecost Sunday. And so prayer that fuels mission. We're going to continue to invest in that. The second one of this is networks and neighborhoods. We want to bring life to our region. We want to continue to build communities right across our county, empowering each one of us to plant seeds of the kingdom wherever we are. And, 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 and one of the things that we're going to do this year in the summer is we're going we're gonna to relaunch something called Love NN. You know, so, you know, our postcode, our postcode is NN, isn't it? And you all live in a different NN postcode. And what we've done is we've, we've plotted you all on a map, okay? Uh, don't worry, it's all GDPR compliant, don't worry. Uh, but we've plotted you all on a map. And, and so, though, what's the postcode for here? NN, NN9. So those who live in NN9 will get together and say, how could we, be, how could we show kindness to our neighbours? What could we do together to express something of Jesus' love? And we're going we're gonna to take the whole month of June to figure out ways that we can show God's love in practical ways uh, through something that we call Love NN. Um, so that's going to be coming up. Uh, in the life of our church. You know, the, the reality of that, it's based in this idea that Jesus said we're to love our neighbor, isn't he? And what happens is, is that we understand that in a metaphorical sense, don't we? So to love our neighbor, it could be anybody, anybody. And that's true. That's what Jesus is saying. But what if the way that we learn to love our neighbor is to love our actual neighbor? That's, that's a novel thought, isn't it? <laughs> what would it look like to love, you know, that person who lives next door to you? You know, they, I think they call them neighbours. Um, <laughs> what would it look like to just start there? It feels like that's the training wheels because the neighbour that Jesus talked about was who? Your enemy. Okay, so if we can't love our actual neighbour who lives next door to us, 
hey, can we do the real hardcore stuff of loving our enemy? And so we want to figure that out. We want to figure out what that looks like. We want to continue to invest in apprenticeship to Jesus. We want to help ordinary people become passionate, effective followers of Jesus. And during this year, we're going to continue to develop our different pathways uh, towards discipleship. Uh, We've got a number of different training things available. Uh, You saw earlier that we're going to be plugging people into the Sozo training. We would love to have a Sozo centre based at Sheep Street in Northampton, so that people could come and just um, receive prayer and that kind of ministry. So if if you would like to be trained in Sozo, we would love to send you along um, next week. Um, We'd also love to just highlight a couple of things. There's a a platform called Vineyard Training and where you can access lots of different resources. You can do some theological reflection um, and um, some different theological modules there. Uh, In March, we're going to be launching the first Central Vineyard Preaching School. That sounds kind of grand, doesn't it? But the reality is it's just Paul Veal, our teaching pastor, and you're going to be in a room with him. Um, But maybe maybe there's something in your heart that says, you know what, I'd love to be able to teach the scriptures. Uh, I'd love to be someone who learns to do that. And then come, come and be involved uh, and plug into our preaching school that's launching. The next thing is we want to continue to invest in cultural impact. You know, the reality is, is that you spend two hours at church and you spend like 166 hours somewhere else. Um, What does it look like for us to empower you to be all that you're meant to be in the places that you inhabit? Yeah, so, you know, the reality is, is a lot of us work um, or live in particular communities or at school or wherever it might be but we we believe the best hope for the church is to empower you where you are and so we want to look for lots of different ways this year where we can begin to equip you uh, in your workplace equip you uh, in the community that you represent and the people that you most identify with the next thing is justice and compassion we want to continue to look for god-given opportunities to practice justice and address issues of poverty in our communities. In this next season, we want to continue to invest in being a people of compassion. Uh, And particularly, we want to help our church locations. So Wellingborough, Kettering, Rawns. We want to help you guys establish your own compassion-based ministries, the things that that would put you in touch with some of the most in need in this community and, and give you opportunities to serve the least, the last, and the lost. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, he said, uh, if you're not going to look after the poor, then don't put the name Vineyard above the door. Um, it's a key aspect of who we are, that we want to be people who care for the needs of the poor. And then the last emphasis that we want to continue in is the next generation. You know, our children and young people are not just the church of tomorrow, are they? They're also the church of today. They're, they're in the room now. They're part of who we are and what we do. You know, we have an important thing to steward in our young people. Right now, across all our locations, we have 200 under-18s to care for. And that's a sobering thought, isn't it? When most people... <laughs> when they get to those more formative years, end up 
leaving the church. And so what does it mean for us in this next season to continue to invest in our children? One of the highlights this summer is Dreaming the Impossible, DTI. Uh, as many of you know, soul survivors come to an end and they've kind of passed the baton on to a whole bunch of different groups. And one of them is us, the Vineyard, and we're going to be moving our festival, our youth festival, to the summer. Can I just, just put a plea out? You know, we would love it if people from our church would volunteer and be on team for DTI. Um, we're, we're praying that 5,000 young people are going to sign up to DTI. I think last time I checked, we had about 1,000 young people signed up. But uh, we're praying for 5,000 people to sign up. And we're going to need at least um, 500 people on teams to do various things. And um, what I can guarantee you is sleepless nights, okay, uh, uncomfortable beds, okay, that's the second thing I can guarantee you. The third thing is possibly a pot noodle, uh, um, but you know, so it's not pretty, it's, it's not comfortable, it's not exciting, but there's an opportunity to change young people's lives. And, and, and so just, can I just implore you, if you think, you know what, I'd love to just take five days out in the summer and go and be on a team, then if, that's, if that interests you, just drop us a line at the office. We'd love you to connect you uh, with the national team and um, uh, invite you into that. I think we're also looking for cooks. Are we still looking for cooks? Have we got cooks? So we're also looking for cooks. If you like cooking food, we, we think we're probably going to take about 40 young people from our church to DTI this summer. So um, if you'd like to cook, apparently if you're on a team for a church, you get to sleep in a quieter area. Um, I don't know if that sells it any better. But, um, <laughs> so that's, so that, you know, that's looking forward. They're the things that we are going to continue to invest in no matter what we do. They're the things that are important to us. They're the things we're going to give ourselves to. And so we want to look back, don't we? We want to reflect on where we are, and we want to look forward to what, you know, what we want to give ourselves to. That, um, that's all that we want to give ourselves to. But um, off the back of that this morning, um, I'm going to be launching something. And I've, I've done this talk like four times. And when I get home today, I'm going to rip it up and burn it. I'm never going to give this talk again. Um, um, but... Off the back of all that, I want to launch this morning a new capital campaign across our church that we're calling Together. Um, looks a little bit like this. And this capital campaign is really, because we, it really ties into this idea that we want to strengthen our stakes. And part of this campaign is we, we want to raise a sum of money over and above um, our regular giving. Uh, and we want to raise a sum of money equal to £150,000. So that's a, that's a significant amount of money um, to raise. And um, in order to raise that money, we've actually broken it down into three chunks of 50000 Um The first 50000 uh, we want to raise, actually, we want to raise in cash. So if you've got any 50 notes, we'll gladly accept those, um, but we want to raise 50000 in cash. Uh, and part of that 50000 is 
um, for the next phase of development of our base um, back in Northampton, 42 Sheep Street. As many of you know, we own this building, which is a two-story two building. Um, the first floor has been developed. The lower floor is like an empty shell, slightly terrifying if you go down there in the dark. And um, we would love to develop that space. It would not only address some issues that we have for space, but it would also mean uh, a lot of what goes on in the week would have a bigger space. Um, you know, if, if you're free on a Wednesday, come to 42 Sheep Street. Um, we have like 70 mums in our parent and tots group. And there's like buggies and uh, babies everywhere. Uh, it's a nightmare. So we'd love to develop that space. and We'd love to see it happen. Um, just to give you a little update, we, we've got a mortgage on that property. So... We mortgaged that property for three hundred and fifty thousand. We've um, the mortgage currently sits at two hundred and ninety thousand. So we've paid sixty thousand off the mortgage. Uh, and last October, the trustees said to me, "Steve, we need to go back to the drawing board on what we're developing there, what we're going to do there." And and so we've done a bit of work, and um, we've actually we've actually reduced the refurb costs to about 350,000 rather than 600,000, which was the first quote that we had. Um, and so we've just been trying to figure out how do we address that? And so what we've decided to do is, is do what they call a phase build. And so we're, we're gonna do, try and do it in little bits of chunks as we go along. And the first phase, this first 50,000, is actually to put a lift in the building. Um, we want to make the building as accessible as we possibly can. And so um, not just for disabled users and wheelchair users, but also for all the buggies that come during the week. And, and so that's what that first £50,000 is going to go towards, is that we want to make that investment. Uh, the second thing is we, we want to invest in multiplication. Over the last three years, things have multiplied fairly significantly. And, and, and so um, to stay on this theme of strengthening our stakes, we want to raise that a further £50,000 towards multiplication and developing our existing locations. Um, some of that money that we raise, is kind of, we want it to be like seed money, if you like, uh, for different projects that take place in different communities. And, and what, one of the things we want to ask you is, is we want you to dream. We want you to dream about what God might want to do. Um, and then what we want to be able to say is, well, we've got a pot of money here in, and then enable that to happen. And so I just want to, I want to encourage you. What would it look like? Some of you have got dreams in your hearts to see things birth, to see things happen. And we want to hear about that. We want to hear what the Lord is stirring. And if it's the right thing, we want to take some of that money and invest it in what God has called you to do. We also want to set aside some money for church planting. Um, so to date, we've started two locations of our church, and, and obviously you guys have merged in, so we've got four locations of our church. But we also want to um, train up and send people out to plant like autonomous churches, daughter churches. And um, planting churches costs money. And so, um, you know, we, we really believe that that's something that God has called us to do. And, you know, when you believe God's called you to do something, you put your money where your mouth is, don't you? And so as we train people up and as we release people, 
we would love to have a pot of money that we can say, hey, go and go with our blessing. And, and so that's what the second £50,000 is for. And then the third £50,000 is that we want to address this shortfall in our budget. You know, as we uh, go into the new financial year, which begins in April, um, we want to step into that new season fully funded and fully resourced, ready to go, so that, so that we can do all the things that we want to do and what we've mentioned, and we don't have to just eat into our reserves. Okay, so we don't, I, I don't think that's good stewardship. Um, you know, we're, we're called to steward what God has given us, and actually it's, it's wise and sensible for us to have a healthy reserves policy but at the same time, we want to we do the kingdom business, don't we? We want to do what God has called us to do. And, and, and so we, we want to take our best attempt at addressing that shortfall. This will mean we need to increase our regular giving by £4,200 a month to meet that shortfall. Whilst that seems a lot, the reality is a church our size should be able to reach that target, particularly when you think about the disproportion between those that give regularly and those that don't. There's lots of room for growth. You know, if 100 people across our church, across our locations, were to give £42 a month, the shortfall would be met. I don't know, that's, that's quite crude, isn't it, and quite simplistic. Um, but that's how easy it is. It's, it's, you know, these numbers sound so big and so grand, but actually together we can do something significant, can't we? You know, when Jesus, one of Jesus' first miracles that he performed with his disciples uh, was the multiplication of fish and loaves, wasn't it? You may remember Jesus has, has been teaching the crowds um, on the Sermon on the Mount. And then he, he gets news that his cousin, John the Baptist, has been executed. And so he, he, he calls his closest followers to him and says, let's withdraw. Let's, let's get away from the crowds. But the, but the crowds follow Jesus. And it says that there were 5,000 men. And so we only get the number of the men. And add to that the women and the children. There could have been 10,000 people in that crowd. And the people follow Jesus and they're hungry. They're hungry and they expect Jesus and his disciples to do something about it. And so Jesus says to his disciples, what do you have? And they say, well, we've got five loaves and two fish. We've got five loaves and two fish. You know, the last time I looked, five loaves and two fish don't feed 10,000 people, do they? It doesn't feed 10,000. But Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish and he gives thanks. And then he instructs his disciples to distribute the food to the crowds. It says this in verse 20 of Matthew 14. They all ate and were satisfied. They all ate and they were satisfied. And then the disciples collected the scraps and it filled 12 baskets. It's easy, isn't it, for us to hear all that I've said this morning and think they're big numbers. 
That's far bigger than our little church could ever contribute to. That's, that's far bigger than anything that I personally could give to. You know, the little that I have wouldn't make much difference. And, but maybe the little that you have is a bit like five loaves of bread and two fish. Maybe the little bit that you have in your hand is all that you have in your hand. And you see, what seems to happen is when we give the little that we have to Jesus, he has this ability to to multiply it, doesn't he? He has this ability to, to do a miracle in our midst. When we just take the little that we have and we place it in his hands. Jesus multiplies it. And so this morning, I want to make an invitation. Maybe you've been here a while. Maybe you would consider yourself a regular attender here. But if you were honest, you're not a regular giver. And at best, on a Sunday morning, Jesus gets your tip. And what I mean by that is you... You dig in your pocket and you're like, oh, what have I got? I've got a quid. There you go, Jesus. You have my quid. And what has a tendency to happen is, is that we can, we can kind of kid ourselves and, 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 and make ourselves think that somehow we are contributing. But we're not tithing, are we? We're, we're just tipping God. We're not, tith- we're not giving him our best. We're giving him what's left. And so there's an invitation and a challenge this morning that maybe the best way you could respond to this campaign is to just simply become someone who regularly gives. Someone who regularly gives. I don't really care how you do that or how much it is or what you should give or what you shouldn't give. I don't don't really care. But I think Jesus does invite us to become someone who regularly and systematically gives. Um, and, and so can I, just, can I just put that out there? You know, I just, I just want to invite you to consider that. How might I become a person who regularly gives? You know, I get paid on the 18th of each month, okay? And on the 19th of each month, the money I set aside to give to the church leaves my bank. It's really simple. It's not hard. It's just consistent. And, you know, and I've attempted to do that the whole of my adult life. And so can I just encourage you, maybe what would it look like for you to become a regular giver? Maybe you are a regular giver. And in this season, the Lord might say, I want you to up your giving. I want you to give a little bit more. Me and Tammy have got this aspiration that we would become 20% givers. Uh, in the next 10 years. And, um, and so I just want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe you've had a pay rise in the last year and you've never altered your giving as a result. Maybe this is the opportunity just to pause and say, okay, God, how would you have me respond? Maybe you just increase, there's a call to increase what you're giving. 
Either way, we would love it if you could give by standing order. It's not, it's not because it's law or it's the most godly way of doing it or anything like that. It's just really practical. It helps you and it helps us. <laughs> you know, if we know that there's a regular income coming in, we can make some really good concrete plans. And so um, if you can give that way, we would love you to, to do that. And so on your way out today, the lovely welcomers are going to give you one of these uh, packs on your way out. It basically tells you everything that I've talked about this morning. Um, and in there, there's a little bit of a pledge form that you can um, fill out and consider. And over the coming weeks, we just want you to prayerfully consider how the Lord might have you respond in this season. Is that okay? Okay, I, I've given, as I say, I've given this talk like four times already, and each time I'm like, oh, I hate this. But actually, we, we, we want to we talk about all the, all the realities of church life, don't we? We want to we embrace the fact that um, we talk about money when we've got plenty, and we talk about money when we're in need. Um, that actually, you know, um, we, we don't tithe because God needs our money. We tithe because it benefits us. Uh, it does something in us. It, it gives us a, a generous attitude to life and the way that we handle our resources. So I've gone horribly over. So why don't we quickly stand, I'll pray, and we'll release you. Father, once again, we just acknowledge that, um, that everything that we have belongs to you, that all that's in our hands, Lord, the earth and all its fullness is yours, Lord. And we recognize that we just get to steward the bits that you give to us, you put in our hands, Lord. And Lord, I, I just pray in this season that you would help us respond not out of guilt uh, or not out of compulsion or coercion, Lord, that actually we would respond from our hearts, that we would see what it is you're doing and just join you in it, Lord. And that, Father, we would just give you our best yes this morning in that respect, Lord. That, Father, you would make us a people who are just increasingly growing in generosity and in your love. And so have your way amongst us, Lord, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 If you would like to receive prayer this morning, we'd love to pray for you.